Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for joining us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Look, if you are a commercial real estate agent, you want to check this out, learn more. You can see previews at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about retail, and I think the retail has been a very interesting sector and in industry because look what's going on. Here we are at the beginning of 2023. We still have uh, inflation uh, hurting us. We have the Fed rapidly raising interest rates. Uh, if they're listening too fast, guys, slow it down. <laughs> um, we're also having, um, you know, problems with just the the economy, right? The the looming recession, uh, inflation. We have just challenges in the marketplace. But what's been going on with retail sales? What's been going on with investment sales? How has the rising interest rates impact retail uh, there? And uh, let's find out. Please welcome my guest. It's Jim Costello. Jim is head of real estate economics with MSCI. as a global company that uh, in recent times has bought real capital analytics. Jim, thank you for joining us, sir. Always great to be, uh, be with you. Thank you, Jim. And first of all, if you get us started uh, on kind of retail sales and consumer confidence, um, you know, here we are, like I said, beginning of 2023, you know, what's going on with retail sales? Have consumers slowed down their, their buying yet? You know, what's interesting is, uh, I look at this from the perspective of, of property and property income for retail has been surging over the last year. And so you look at that and you think to yourself, Hey, it's a great time to buy retail property, but you have to be careful how much of it is a surge from the fact that people were locked up for a number of years uh, and then are just doing some of that revenge spending that was a real big theme early in 2022 and how much of it can continue to grow at that pace. At some level, you get back to sort of where people were before the pandemic. And you know, so so that's, that's a challenge, I think, when people are trying to underwrite investments. They really need to think about how much of the current income is just a rebound versus uh, you know, organic growth based on the fact that personal income is growing at a healthy pace. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but from what we're seeing right now with consumer confidence, I guess, has, has dropped a little bit, right? Well, we consumer confidence is a, is a, is a funny metric. Uh, uh, how people feel doesn't always reflect uh, what they actually do. Dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when people have looked at, uh, economists have looked at uh, these confidence measures, um, it's really just kind of moves with everything else in the economy. What, the one thing it tends to seem to predict is mass layoff announcements uh, that, you know, when, when people aren't feeling good, it's because they're worried about their job, worried about what's going to happen next. So I never really look at the consumer confidence stuff. I look at the revealed stuff. What ha What is going on with the growth in disposable personal income and what's going on with household formation? Those are the things that you know really drive the pocketbook, and you know both of those, despite you know a lot of uncertainty and worry out, out there about rising interest rates, will that lead to a recession? Despite all that other stuff, uh, you know consumers have uh, still got the wherewithal to be spending. You know they they had a challenge early in 2022 
energy prices went up so much so quickly when everybody decided to join the real world again early in 2022 that it suddenly the cost of gas in your car was going up at an exorbitant rate. And when that's happening, you have to figure out where you're going to allocate your money and where you're going to spend. And that generated uh, some fear. But over time, more energy capacity came online as the economy woke up and uh, then the energy prices came down. And, and so households have had uh, a bit of a rebalancing and you don't have the same challenges at the moment that you saw early in 2022. There is that worry about interest rates going up, down a little bit because the inflation has been moderating and mortgage rates have come down a little bit. There's a lot of people hoping that stays like that. We'll see. Uh, but it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for sure. Uh, but I, I think people really need to think about how much of it is the current situation versus the rebound and the noise that comes from that shock that we had from COVID. COVID in 2020 still reverberates through the economy. You know, it's, it's like a rubber band. You pull it and you let go and it's going to swing back and forth for a bit. Uh, I think when you're underwriting investments, the key thing is not to get fixated on, you know, whether the rubber band is, is above or below the trend. You want to think about where that trend in the middle is and focus on that. Yeah, good point. And when you look at retail overall for the U.S. Uh, last year, um, what uh, what did you see for performance for occupancy and rent growth, I, I think uh, it may surprise some folks who maybe are not uh, directly in retail every day. You know, we don't track anything on the occupancy or rents. We do have some property income stuff from the uh, performance measurement stuff we do. Uh, but the, to me, the, the shocking thing was just how quickly the income came back for the year. We, we saw a surge in income. and But I, I also look at that and think about it, it was a surge, but it was driven by that shock. Income was down sharply during the pandemic. And you know, so once you remove the fear element that keep, kept people away from uh, retail properties, it surged. But the challenge is, you know, it's not going to continue to grow at double digit rates unless there is some structural change in the economy that puts us into a new relationship with retail and the economy than was there before the pandemic. I don't see any arguments out there about retail changing to that degree. The only argument that I've seen out there is that it's sort of a, the revenge spending one. People kind of get back to where they were. So it's natural that you'll see an uptick in income growth and income levels, but to start going beyond the kind of levels that we saw uh, before the pandemic is, uh, uh, you know, that's a bit of hopeful thinking, just given everything out there. If you're making an assumption that that's going to happen, you're stepping out ahead of all the history that we've seen for the retail property sector. Yeah. And what did you see uh, when you recap last year for transaction volume and cap rate trends? The retail sector stood out as the only sector in 2022 that had more deal activity and more investment sale activity for the year than was seen in 2021. And it's, again, though, it's part of that rebound effect. Yeah, 2021, elder sectors were growing quickly because it was clear that there was some benefit again of the world opening up, sales volume was surging, but you still had a stigma effect for retail early in 2021 
from just the, the devastating downturn in 2020. And so investment sales just didn't surge as quickly for 2021 as it did for other in retail, as it did for other property types. So there's an element to the 2022 growth that was just finally catching up to the end of the fear and the uncertainty. But like other property sectors, it did fall throughout the year. The fourth quarter, deal volume was down 57% from a year earlier. And that wasn't a story about retail in particular. Every sector was down. The challenge then was that we have uh, now much higher interest rates and much higher mortgage costs than the past, and which just makes it more difficult to underwrite an investment. I mean, if we look at cap rates, uh, they have started to trend up, uh, not tremendously, but there is an uptick. Uh, and so it does reflect some of the uh, challenges that are out there on the financial side. But, you know, if, if we're looking at cap rates and sort of a you know, constant quality basis, just benchmarking a particular property type and, and taking that through time to get rid of the noise of any individual transaction, we're up maybe 20 basis points between the low of the second quarter of 2022 and now uh, closing the year at 6.2% for you know, retail in total. What would you say, uh, Jim, to a listener or viewer who says, wow, that seems incredibly low increase in cap rates, 20 basis points uh, from a year ago? Yeah, and, and that also helps explain why deal volume is still so low. If I'm a buyer and, and I want to purchase a uh, retail property, I'm going to underwrite every worst case scenario that's out there in uh, whatever offer I make because uh, you know I, I want to I want to I want to steal I don't want to deal <laughs> and so I, I'm I'm going to be thinking about well what could go wrong. Well, we're Owners. taking you we're taking you off our retail buyer email list there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but the challenge here is that if I'm a buyer. Uh, I've got one view, but if I'm the owner and I'm looking to sell it, you know, I'm underwriting it to a different perspective. I'm underwriting, assuming that we're going to get past some high interest rate environments. It'll come back down. Maybe it won't come back down to where we were in 2020 and 2021, you know, 2%, half a percent for the 10-year treasury. Maybe it comes down. Maybe the inflation cools. Maybe it's going to be easier to finance three or four years out. So I'm not going to take a loss right now and sell it at a lower price than I could have gotten in 2019, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait and see what happens. As long as I can cash flow, as long as I can keep financing it, I'm not going to just respond to the buyers and who are offering me 10 cents in the dollar. I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. And so it, it puts the buyers and sellers further apart, which makes the life of the brokers much more difficult because you know they've got a job to kind of get people to meet in the middle. And just it's harder now for the brokerage professionals to manage that expectation and bring those sides together. Well, it's interesting. You know, we do have a retail investment group here at our shop that does a lot of shopping centers and strip centers in the Southeast U.S., and maybe it's a little bit to do with our um, locations, but uh, retail is doing really well. I know some of these buyers that, uh, that own a bunch of retail properties are active down here in the Southeast, and I think a lot of it is they're seeing the tenant activity still be very strong. One of our brokers does site selection for uh, major restaurants and, uh, and national retailers, and 
why there's just a lot of activity. There's a lot of tenants uh, looking for space, and 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 seemingly rent's still increasing. And 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 in the even the the tenants that we're working with, just are expecting, they don't seem to be afraid of a looming recession. Well, it, it is interesting some of the differences that you're talking about there. The two I want to focus on is a regional perspective, and then also an asset type perspective. Let's start with the asset types: shopping centers versus like triple net retail shop space. Yeah, that, that triple net retail stuff, when people are fearful and you're just kind of looking for a, a cash type investment, that stuff does well because you've got some term there, you have a high quality credit tenant and you, it's some predictability there. So that type of space, those type of buildings, that's where the recovery in retail property sales started in yet uh, late 2020, early 2021. Though that segment, you know, interest rates are low, there's still some fear, but hey, at least I know it's a Walgreens and I've got 10 years of term, so it's better than a bond a little bit. So that was something early in the in the recovery for retail that, that started. But then this this last year, the real growth was in shopping center sales. That was the area where people were the most fearful in 2020 and 2021. But as it was clear that people were getting out and about again, looking for experiences, going to community and neighborhood centers, going to grocery stores, going to restaurants, that type of retail started to see a rebound in sales. Investors were looking at that and underwriting that with more favor. The deal volume's down. Not because they don't like that income story, not because they don't like the fact that, you know, people are back at stores again. It's just harder to finance because mortgage rates have gone up so much and cap rates haven't adjusted enough to make that uh, uh, seem like a good deal to buyers. Yeah, those, those are some very good points. Uh, after 35 years in the business, I've noticed in, in various downturns, the single tenant net lease investment market seems to be kind of steady eddy where investors are looking for just a safe, easy investment, and those cap rates don't seem to to move as much. In fact, the uh, cap rates I'm seeing deals close at in the single tenant net lease investment world almost surprised me. Uh, you know, there's negative leverage, there lower cap rates than their financing rates, and, and still these properties are, are selling. It's interesting. And then the grocery anchored centers, you know, certainly a lot of demand there. Now, Jim, I know this is hard to do with with doing projections and looking into your crystal ball, but um, but knowing better to do that in retail real estate and the economics ahead of us than you, what would you expect if you take uh, for cap rate projections through, say, the rest of this year? And let's look at single tenant net lease. Let's leave that alone for a minute. But but look at strip centers and, and grocery anchor centers and, and larger multi-tenant retail investment properties. What do you expect for cap rate trends? Um, can we back up just a little bit, though? Sure. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't answer the second half of my question talking about regional stuff. Okay. Um, uh, you know, regionally, uh, if we look at the Southeast and versus, say, the Rust Belts versus the Northeast of the United States, retail gets a bad rap in some cases because there are some dead malls out there. Uh, you know, we, we did overbuild in certain time periods historically. You have some legacy assets sitting around. And there's been you know, some, some malls built that just don't have the same economic justification that they used to. Population has shifted away. Income in local areas has shifted away, particularly in the Rust Belt. 
if you look at some of the worst declines in retail property pricing, it's these 1960s and 1970s era assets in the Rust Belt that they just don't serve the same purpose that they used to. Having a mall, you know, it's not uh, what it used to be because of the impact of the internet, but there still are some opportunities there. But it really depends on the location. It needs to be in an urban area that's getting some population growth and some income growth. If you've got that, even if you're not where you were in the 80s and 90s because you've bled some sales away because of uh, the internet, uh, you still have uh, some uplift just from general consumer spending. And there's other things that can be done with those properties. So it's, it's a regional focus that's also... Uh, looking at you know where there are opportunities. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I've seen some big retail areas, and uh, you know I'm headquartered here uh, in Atlanta, and some of the suburban areas, the retail is just doing incredibly well, and and the, and the properties sell well, and the the tenants are still just just knocking it out of the park. Well, all right, so now let's fast forward to projections uh, for cap rates for multi-tenant retail moving forward, uh, through 2023. What do you expect to see? You know, in the near term, I don't think anything is going to change between that gap between buyer and seller expectations. You know, it, until there's a clear signal from, uh, the, from the credit markets that, you know, mortgage uh, rates are much lower again. Uh, buyers just won't be incentivized to move. Uh, and so to the extent they buy, uh, they're going to want higher cap rates. Uh, just the leverage situation that they'd faced wouldn't make it as uh, palatable for them uh, to, to buy uh, retail unless they underwrote tremendous income growth moving forward. Uh, sellers, on the other hand, uh, you know, they are sitting on these assets as long as they can refinance and, you know, they, or as long as they don't rather, as long as they don't have to refinance in the near term, uh, they can just sit and collect a coupon and, and take a wait and see attitude. It's, you know, it, it's still uh, a disconnect between buyers and sellers and something needs to move to dislodge that, to get a tremendous move in cap rates in one way or the other. And, you know, so far, there's not a lot of signals suggesting uh, things to be dislodged. Sure, interest rates coming down a little bit, that might have an impact on mortgage rates, but, you know, who knows? It, it might not. Uh, we saw the residential rates come down, uh, but commercial rates haven't really moved yet. So nothing has changed so far that I can see that would take buyers and sellers away from their positions. Yeah. So you expect a transaction volume to stay fairly um, low or, or where, where we saw in the fourth quarter of last year. And it sounds like you don't expect cap rates to move too much just because maybe the, the, the properties that are selling are more single tenant net lease, long-term lease. Uh, so not much cap rate change there. Well, there is there was more volume in 2022 in that shopping center uh, space because the fear was removed all of a sudden. It's like you said earlier, the shop space is more of a steady eddy, but the shops, uh, the shopping centers really came back last year. Uh, but you know, unless something, something has to give, something has to give to get the building owners to accept, uh, a, a lower price or something has to give 
to force the buyers to decide, uh, to pay the price that the, the owners want tied to historical trends. So there, there's still that disconnect. And unless there's some outside event that dislodges them from their positions, it's hard to see the market changing much. Yeah. Yeah, we do a, a lot of single-tenant net lease investment sales here at our shop, and uh, we are seeing good good volume, and, and we are seeing an increase in, in cap rates. But to your point earlier, it's a very low increase in, 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 uh, in cap rates and, and kind of interesting to see. Well, Jim, what would you leave our audience with to think about uh, retail real estate moving forward? Yeah, I would look for income. Look for the areas that are growing, you know, population and income. That's what matters. This notion that, oh, retail's no good because the internet has taken everything away. And I, I, I don't believe that. You know, yeah, consumer patterns do change. But I think the biggest losses for retail have been in the areas where you've seen industrial decline and population loss. So, you know, there's there's still something that can be done. It just takes some creativity. And, you know, but if you've got the wind at your back of a healthy local economy, uh, you'll have better uh, better options. Yep. Good point. Jim Costello, sir, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. Uh, we appreciate uh, you sharing the show. Appreciate uh, you connecting with us uh, in any way that you like to do that. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.